gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Ah, uh, taking in the tunes on this yeah. nothing lovely... Nothing like a little Don Henley, right? Yeah, nothing <laughs> like this uh, lovely sunny summer-type weather that feels like October if you're listening locally, because <laughs> this, is, this is fall, pretty much, what's going on right now, which I don't mind. I don't I don't mind the fall, but, you know, it's going to be July this week, which is... Uh, I won't get into that one. <laughs> Anytime there's less sweat involved in my body. Yeah, I'm, that's the oh, one thing I, I am enjoying. Yeah. That, you know, I'm actually, I have like jeans and a baseball t-shirt on, which is, you know, it's so weird that I'm not sweating in my drawers. But, yeah. Well, whatever. So this week we're going to be taking a look at a lot of summer beers. We're not doing a specific brewery this week. Instead, we're going to be talking to Chris Rice, who is the head honcho over there at uh, All About Beer Magazine. We had Chris on a while ago before talking about stuff. We're going to really dive into a lot of the things that are going on, summer-related in the, the beer world and and some of the events going on and festivals galore and all that fun stuff that's happening. But, uh, you know, we're going to dive into, well, first we, we got our first beer going around, so we'll, we'll mention that. We, we opened up a, a lovely from Distill Brewery. Uh, it's it, it's just fun to say because it makes you sound very German. Counter Klackweiss. Klackweiss. It's a, it's a 3% Berliner Weiss, uh, just a nice, really slight, slight tart note to it and everything, but just a really easy drinking. You know, we're taking a look at a wide variety of styles for in summer. So this is the other thing, too. We're doing summer seasonals, which does not mean a specific style. It is not a style. That is just a, uh, I guess, guideline or a, so you understand what you're getting. But uh, let's get into some beer news because there is a lot I got on this week. Uh, now, first, uh, kind of coming back to what we had on, Oscar Blues actually announced this week that they're launching a coffee roasting company, which is really oh. cool. It's uh, Hot Box Roasters, and uh, they they gonna they're gonna be starting with yep. There's the snickering. <laughs> they uh, they're gonna be starting with just three different varieties, but they're gonna be sold in 32 ounce crowlers, which is a really cool thing. So you're gonna be able to get those, and I guess they have a setup. You can get it online from them now. But they have three styles, which I had to write these down because the names are great. They have Bolivia Newton John, <laughs> Frank Sumatra. <laughs> And Kenya dig it. <laughs> so you're getting beans from the Bolivia, Sumatra, and Kenya region. So that's the puns. <laughs> One of my favorite Oscar Blues names was the Deuce. They're, they're brown ale brewed with corn adjuncts. So mm. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely uh, they know how to do the puns right. Oh, it? yeah. There, there's yeah. a lot of beer puns out there, but they definitely love to play on them and do them the right way. It almost seems like a lot of breweries are going the direction like some uh, rogues doing liquor. Or a lot of them are doing like whiskeys, yeah, and then you have yeah. some breweries are doing coffee. Like they're like, okay, let's cut out the middleman when it comes yep. to a lot of the products that we're going to be using, yep. and do it ourselves. Well, that's what they had said too in the press announcement was that they're also going to start kind of using this not only just for their own beers as coffee, but selling it to other breweries and stuff because now. I think other breweries are going to be a little more trustworthy of this because it's being made by a brewery so they know what they want. They know specifications are not going to have things to worry about when they're getting these beans from some outside source. All right, another one. Uh, Lagunitas this week. I don't know if you guys saw this. They announced they're building a third brewery Whoa, in Azusa, California. Uh, it's going to be done by 2017. The initial capacity at this their third location, the initial capacity is 420,000 barrels. Wow. With the build-out capacity up to another million barrels. Wow. So, yeah, Lagunitas is definitely uh, beyond growing. It's not even a word I would use to describe them anymore. They have just really become unto themselves and are quickly getting to be one of the largest crab breweries out there. And we'll see where that goes. That was another thing. I didn't have it in the news, but just to mention, that's another thing that's kind of happening this week. Uh, that's been passed around is that they might be really finally limiting the amount of barrel ship that considers a craft brewery. They might finally stop it at six million. So what they're saying is Sam Adams might actually cross over that threshold in the next three years, and we're going to see where that goes because they've been pushing it and pushing it kind of for them. Was that the uh, the the um, the law uh, dictating uh, taxing yeah. on on yeah. whatever? So I mean. Again, the craft part of it, it, I think, will still be ambiguous. But it, yeah. it, it's, it's like you do a certain amount of barrels, then you hit a different tax bracket. For yeah, the that's more what it is. It's a tax thing, but that's what the delineation always was: was less than six million barrels. I mean, what do you? What would you guys consider it as a? You know, uh, uh, from a beer taste perspective. I mean, I think like maybe the use of adjuncts and all that other stuff. Like, I mean, if you're making good beer, yeah, I think that that's I mean, to me doesn't is, matter is, how much. What does right? it really taste like? You know, that that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, as long as you're not throwing in artificial flavors to make it taste yeah. certain ways, as long as it's like still good beer, 
you know, the barrel ship and everything, that's a business perspective. That's a, a business decision. As far as me consuming something, that doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, you see, like, breweries like Lagunitas growing. To me, that means they're going to have more really good beer available. It's it's uh, there's a what the Supreme Court justice back in the seventies uh, when he was discussing pornography he said, um, uh, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And I think that's kind <laughs> yeah. of what yeah. what craft beer is. Yeah. You know it when you, you see it. it. That's yeah. a great way to put it, man. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. Well, well, no one you taste it. How's that even? You know, more, taste, more, no, more yeah. succinct. That's way. a great way. To, yeah, definitely. So. All right, now another one, since this kind of this kind of falls in line with what we're talking about, there was a ruling this week. Now, that Beck's is not a German beer, and they have tricked their drinkers. Uh, be the whole is a class action suit put against them, you know, against AB and Bev. Uh, and the ruling is that those who purchased it from May 2011 to now, we're going to get 10 cents per bottle back up to $50 because it's actually not being brewed in Germany and it's been slapped all over the label and it's actually being brewed here. So that was a class action suit that came out. I think you're going to start to see some more of those things as stuff like this goes on because a lot of those breweries are, that's the, the cachet they have is that they're brewed elsewhere. And uh, so we'll see where that one goes. Uh, and then an update, too, on a previous news story, babies are now allowed to be on beer in New Hampshire. <laughs> they, have, <laughs> they have kind of ruled that out. I think the sheer mockery that that state received on the back end of announcing that kind of made them back down. So they're saying that you're going to be able to see breakfast stout available probably on the shelves this fall. So that kind of went by the wayside, and they realized how idiotic they sounded, I'm sure, because the, all they had to do was hop on the internet and see how idiotic they sounded, but to a lot of people. Uh, now, this is kind of falling in line with new beer, but this is just an interesting thing. I want to see where this is going to go. Guinness announced that they are releasing a Nitro IPA coming stateside. Uh, they didn't release a date yet, but it's going to be soon, and the thing that's really weird is it's going to be available in 11.2-ounce cans. That's I, weird. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And besides the fact that they're, it, you know, are they going to put the widget in there? Is yeah, that that's why? what. That's yeah, what they're, okay. they're just taking the same widget they put in the the stranded Guinness, and they're putting that into an IPA. I, I don't know. They're, they're kind of starting to branch out. They had that blonde that came out. I think they're the they're eighteen, just, the eighteen fifty-seven, yeah. or yeah, I think I think that's what it was. Yeah. I don't know, eighteen something. They're, they're, it, they're starting to get more into. Is it just going to be North America? Do you know? Or? It, I, I'll, I think it's already available. From what it sounds like, they already have it somewhat available. Over there, okay. I don't know how much is distributed, but the the press announcement is that it was coming stateside. Okay, so they're making it over there. I know half their line is made in Canada, yeah. and then half of it is made actually. I, I believe back in it's Ireland. being made there. From the way it read, I don't know. It was a really kind of broad announcement. Like they didn't have a date. It was just this is it's coming, and this is the size of the cans, and that's kind of what caught everybody was the size of the cans, and and you're doing a nitro item. Well, we'll yeah. see. And uh, one final thing, another update I wanted to mention about Peculiar Culinary. I mentioned them last week. Gene hit his target. They are going to be getting a food truck, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, congrats, man. So we're going to be getting some good food around here. So, uh, Well, I saw some pictures of him in a food truck, like on his Instagram feed. Like, I think know, they're, they're teasing. Oh, they're teasing. I, okay. I think that's what the next well, week we start like, Everyone's like, well, like, what, what is it? Like, you know. The follow-up was Gene slowly taking his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might I might actually scroll past that. <laughs> oh, I, I uh, captured that, you know, on the, my photo, my uh, yeah. phone. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of really good things going on. That's great to hear that. As I said last week, if you did donate to the Peculiar Culinary Kickstarter uh, and you heard about it from us, please let us know or let Gene know, and uh, we'll get you a little something extra. We'll slip you something. So we are still enjoying our counter clock vice. Just so much fun to say. Yeah, Berliner Weisses to me are, 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 are remind me of my 80s breakfast. I don't know what it is. Like I, when you see the grapefruit with this sugar and all that. Kind of, I don't know something about it. It just makes sense for me in a breakfast aspect. So it's cool to start off with this one. Yeah, th this is actually to me would be a really good one if you are a fan of mimosas with your brunch. This would be a perfect throw this in and, and sub it in there. And it's really, I mean, at 3% alcohol too. That's what's amazing with this is like there is a lot of things going on. It's not just. You know, uh, like sucking on a Sour Patch Kid or something. There, there's actually other things going on. It's not just sour. And, and to have it all come in at 3% is a really impressive feat. And they have a really cool line. The brewery has a few of those falling in the uh, wild sour category that are really, really good beers. There goes to nothing. Yeah, the, we were talking about that before. <laughs> the the uh, Goza style is one of the most ripe with puns. <laughs> so you're going to see a ton of puns around the Goza style of beer. But, uh, yeah, th that's another style that's been really taking off and also is a very good summer beer. That's what's nice with, with when you're getting into summer beers, having something that's slightly tart is really enjoyable. It's very thirst-quenching. And you go back historically into, like, Saison's and all these other beers that were traditionally enjoyed in the summer all have these slight 
tart characteristics to it because it really aids in that uh, refreshing quality of them because that's what you want out of a summer beer like we have a wide range of styles but ultimately you want it to be light and refreshing you're not gonna i mean maybe you will maybe i don't know if you're gonna be out doing yard work and pop open a russian imperial <laughs> i mean if that's your thing that's fine i don't know how much yard work you're gonna get done but. i've never done that ever <laughs> i would love to see some guy doing that though i drive around in his yard this like, big bottle like avery czar yeah, or something. like a wax top <laughs> bottle just like <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to pour while he's on the lawnmower shaking everywhere. But uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a wide range of styles that kind of fall into this, and when you see when you see something uh, delineated as summer ale, that's not necessarily a style. There, there's a style within that. It's just that's letting you know, like, look, this is going to be a lighter, summery beer, and that's what you're going to want out of it. And usually, you're going to get some notes of, you know, lemon. Something citrusy is typically going to be found in a lot of them. Sometimes a little bit of spice. It's it's really something that's lower in alcohol. This is three percent. Everything we have today is relatively low in alcohol as far as the, the straight that are standard summer beers. Um, that's really one of the, the qualities that you want in one. To me, that's that's what I look for. I'm trying to find a nice summer beer, just something really light that you can sit down and, and get some work done or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not basically not fall over and enjoy. It's, it's more like a your Oktoberfest style of beer to where you're, you're talking. You want flavor, but you also want quantity. You don't want to, you want to quench your thirst, not just nice. sound. Yeah, we got a lot of cans today, so you're going to get to hear some uh, yeah. things popping off throughout <laughs> the show, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what you, you want to have, something that you can sit and enjoy. And this is another one. Uh, you know, as we said, like, like the Oktoberfest. Sam Adams is a brewery that has great seasonals. Like, that's the one thing that that brewery definitely has built a reputation on, is having really solid seasonals, whether it's their summer, their Oktoberfest, their, their winter lager. They just really know how to handle some really great, great seasonal beers. And this is, we just cracked open a can of their summer ale, which is nice because it was, it was available in bottles. Sam Adams really dove headfirst into the whole canning and then has a lot of really great beers available in their cans. This is their, their summer ale. This is another one that has like a really loyal following. It's, it's 5.3%. But the thing that stands out to me with this beer is the mouthfeel because you would, you'd expect it to be a lot thinner, and it's actually for a summer ale. It's a little bit more of a full... Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying full mouthfeel isn't, like, really big, bulky, but it's just got <coughs> a little Slightly creamy. Mouth. Yeah. yeah. It's that wheat, man. That's a, probably wheat flakes in there or something like yeah. that. Bring and, that nice mouthfeel, low ABV. We have, like, some really subtle notes of, like, the lemon and that, that little bit of spice in that grains of paradise. Cor- coriander? Yeah, it, it just really comes across. It's just, like, a really... This is like a really good summer ale. This is one I really enjoy. I mean, Sam Adams takes a lot of heat from a lot of people, I think unjustly, because that is a brewery that really got everybody into this and and is the pillar which this industry is kind of built upon. So I think for them to take any flack for being successful, it's kind of really dumb to me. You can almost grade your your, um, success on how many people make fun or hate on you. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if you're going to be hopping online, you could just see like, oh, we're doing really well. Look at all these, (laughs) look at all the people on Beer Advocate giving us a one. (laughs) Because half the time when you see those ratings too, and I think they, they don't even say anything because it's just that they're they're going. Oh, I don't. Uh, they're they're big. <laughs> it's like, well, that that's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. All right. Well, we have on the phone uh, Chris Rice. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll we'll jump into everything with Chris Rice. See what's going on at all about beer magazine and and keep continue on with our summer session. Entercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants, featuring the Sanderson Street Tavern, 655 Sanderson Street Troop, Tommy Boy's Bar and Grill, 14 North Market Street, Nanny Coke, and Grande Pizza and Family Restaurant, Bernie Ave Music. Trying to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. Homeowners, are you tired of paying for an expensive home security system? Well, now you can slash your monthly bills during the Live Watch Switch and Save event. To see how much you can save, call now for free information. 1-800-300-3701. During our special switch and save event, you can switch to Live Watch for free. That's right. You can switch for free and start saving money immediately. You may even be able to use your existing equipment. 
Best of all, with a LiveWatch security system, you'll be protecting your home and family with the fastest security response available. There are no long-term contracts, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can cancel at any time. So if you want to protect your home and family, and protect your family budget too, switch now during our special LiveWatch Switch and Save event. Call and see how much you can save by switching to LiveWatch. For your free money-saving information, call now, 1-800-300-3701. That's 1-800-300-3701. Today's GetMyPerks.com deal of the day es muy bueno. Get two $15 vouchers to Tequila Mexican Bar and Grill in Scranton for just $15. That's a $30 value for half price. At Tequila Mexican Bar and Grill, the corn tortillas are hand-pressed and made on-site. The guacamole is made to order, and the margaritas are carefully crafted for your taste and enjoyment. And still available at GetMyPerks.com, grab a $50 voucher to Edible Arrangements in Dixon City for just $25. McLean and Jessup is now hiring Class A delivery drivers. McLean has been in business for over 120 years and provides industry-leading benefits and pay. Come see if you have what it takes to drive for McLean. Call John Hart at 570-330-8400. You can be a hero by being prepared for an emergency. First, make a plan. Call a family meeting to plan for things like how to connect with loved ones after an emergency or your escape route. Baby, I am not fast. Build a kit. When disaster strikes, it's important to have enough supplies to last three days. And don't forget the batteries. Low batteries. Visit ready.gov slash kids for more preparedness tips. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. We all know goodwill. But did you know when you donate stuff to Goodwill, you help provide job training for people right here in your community? Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Just take it in. (laughs) All right. Welcome back. Uh, We are now joined by Mr. Chris Rice from All About Beer Magazine, the head honcho. Chris, how you doing, bud? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. Welcome back. uh, I'm currently in North Carolina where we just completed our inaugural uh, North Carolina Brewers celebration. We invited uh, uh, 55 North Carolina breweries to Charlotte. We had guys from coast to the mountains and uh, very successful event celebrating North Carolina beer and the whole world that is around this place. And uh, today it's a perfectly gorgeous day for an afternoon beer. Oh, you're <laughs> rubbing you're, it in. Yeah, you're lucky. We have basically <laughs> fall weather going on up here today. So, Chris, you're, you're kind of a North Carolina guy. Like, that's a whole scene that's been really blowing up as of late. Like, what, what do you attribute to that occurring all, all of a sudden? You know, it's interesting. The, uh, well, certainly Asheville has, uh, has become such a destination over the last six, seven years. Um, and uh, Raleigh has been a very strong, the Raleigh Durham area has been a very strong craft market, craft beer market. For, uh, for a long time, for the last seven, eight, nine years as well. And I think a lot of it comes with, you know, we've, we've had a lot of folks move to this area, whether it's Raleigh or Charlotte um, or Asheville, um, from different parts of the country. When they come from those areas, they bring the flavors and the preferences. And, and we've had some successful breweries here uh, that have been around a long time, whether it's Big Boston Raleigh or Highland in Asheville or uh, Carolina Brewery in Chapel Hill that have that kind of set the stage on a very small level, and certainly when Sierra Nevada and New Belgium come knocking on the door to build gorgeous new facilities, that uh, that, that has an impact. Yeah, we, we actually just had Oscar Blues on, and we've had Wicked Weed on before, too, and they're just talking about all these this great camaraderie that's going on between all the breweries, too. So it's a really cool thing that it's growing, but everyone's kind of, no one's on the back of anybody else. Everyone's kind of holding each other up and helping each other get through it. They really are. They really are. So at our event yesterday, um, Gosh, I mean, I can't. It would surprise me. We did a collaboration beer with the North Carolina Craft Brewers Guild, and there was probably 18 breweries that came to Charlotte about a month ago to brew a, uh, a red IPA over at Noda Brewing. Uh, aside from that, of the 55 guys that were there yesterday, uh, there were probably 15 other just one on one collaborations with 
small breweries all over the state. And, uh, it's one of those things you don't see that much in, in other parts. And that, that, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's really awesome to see that going on. So we, we're diving into a lot of summer beers. So I thought, what better than talk to the big guy over there about what's what, – to you – what do you think of when you think of, like, what makes a good summer beer? Is it, like, a specific style? Is it a flavor profile? Gosh, uh, well, there's a couple of things. And as I called in a few minutes ago, I heard you guys talking about Sam's Summer Ale, and that is absolutely the one that stands out for me, just from my experiences over the last 20 years, uh, sort of the iconic summer beer. And, and you guys nailed it with a little bit of that wheat, wheat that's in there and the creaminess, the subtle creaminess. Um, so much about beer, uh, we talk about, so much about experiencing beer uh, and tasting beer is also is sort of in the atmosphere and the places you are and the memories you have. And so summer beers for me are a little skewed because my family and I have been going to New Hampshire every summer since I was an infant. And uh, gosh, uh, I was first introduced to Smutty Nose's finest kind IPA back 20 years ago. and. Wow. Uh, over the last few years, the uh, last probably eight or nine years, and, uh, uh, believe it or not, the Wachusett Blueberry Ale, I've seen that thing explode in that market. And, you know, so much about beer is the experiences and the, and the people you share it with. For me, those two beers uh, will always take me back to being with my family up in New Hampshire. So those are a couple. Um, now with all the session IPAs out, and we just uh, we just gave a big kudos to the 21st Amendment down to earth. It's, yeah. it's a very, very well done uh, uh, version of what's obviously becoming a hot, hot new style. Um, the session IPA are starting to really stand out. It's something you can enjoy. Yeah. yeah, we actually have the Harpoon has a new Take 5. We're going to have that later on today. And we have uh, Sully's going to be coming back on the show in a few weeks, too. That's what we want to talk to them about, because that's definitely a style that's not necessarily summer as a seasonal, but it definitely falls in line with all those qualities that most people look for in a summer beer. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I am amazed at how many guys have really jumped into it and, and how many uh, diverse versions of the style there are. It's not... Yeah. Um, uh, there's no, there's, it's just like the IPA style. There's no real consistency in the hot fill, and these guys are, and most brewers are experimenting to try and put their uniqueness on it. Certainly, Oscar Blues Pinner is incredibly different from Slow Ride from New Belgium, and which is also incredibly different from uh, from Down to Earth. That's just three yeah. quick examples. Yeah, definitely. Now, since we're jumping around brewery wise, that's another thing people like to do in the summer is the the beercations. So, what are you seeing as far as uh, you know things in the magazine you've been covering? Like, what are some really popular destinations for a lot of people to go to, or well, ones that you enjoy? I mean, you said New Hampshire, but what are some other places that you enjoy yourself, even? Absolutely. Well, I, I mentioned Asheville, uh, and that can be spring to fall. It's, 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 a, it's <laughs> as they say it, and I'll say it too. It's always a little cooler up there. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we highlighted in, in the recent issue of the magazine Duluth, Minnesota, believe it or not. Uh, there's a number of breweries that are in and around that market. Uh, we're about to, in our next market, our next issue, we've got Charlottesville, Virginia, which I've visited back only think, for a few days. And you can take the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the well, I guess they are calling it just the, the Virginia Brew Trail from Charlottesville up north west into Harrisonburg and down towards Wintergreen where Devil's Backbone is and, and there's a substantial number of high quality breweries like Resolute uh, Champion, yep. Three Notch Devil's Backbone and they're tucked in with some really good cidery so uh, I think the mountains of Virginia really stand out yeah, that's definitely an up and coming. And, and Champion, it's funny, we had on a few uh, months ago. I actually went to college with Hunter, the owner, and uh, you know, I got to see him start this brewery from nothing and really become this really beloved brewery in that area. It's another area that they're all kind of really helping each other out, too, which is a really cool thing to see. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed meeting Hunter and hearing how he, you know, I guess he said his parents were in the wine business. Up yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, it was funny. We were just two oh. stupid college kids, and now uh, he's off doing that, and I'm off doing something else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the other things, too, that happens, you see a lot of these festivals starting to come out. Like, How do you see this starting to go? Because there's just so many coming online that I, I think you're starting to see, I don't want to say backlash, but people saying, all right, if I spend 20 at this, I can't at that. Do you think they're going to start to see more, like fewer large craft festivals, or a lot of you know more smaller ones that are a little more uh, elite, I guess, only letting a certain amount in? 
you know, uh, I think there's a role both can play. Uh, we have this discussion a lot because we have a whole event side to our business, and we will produce uh, six beer festivals this year uh, of anywhere from 3,000 to 8,000 people. Um, and, you know, I, I think there is definitely a role, the, the smaller events, the artisan events, the real showcase or style-specific or theme events can play. They play a really good role. Uh, I think if you have a strong beer community, a larger event of a few thousand people, though, when it's well done and when it's well done, well produced, well thought out from the brewery standpoint, to treat them well, uh, there's a variety of ways we try to do that uh, at our events. Um, I, what I see is that the brewers and the wholesalers and the retailers, the guys in the community, when they see a large event that is done well, they, they'll stand behind it. And we've seen other markets uh, where there are large large events that certainly the brewers and the wholesalers are starting to step back and say, you know, uh, that, that doesn't reflect on me well. It doesn't reflect on our beer and what we're trying to accomplish with our brand or whatever. Um, so it all comes down to the quality of the event producer. Um, we invest a ton of time, energy, and everything else for our events, making sure we're putting, you know, content that's from our magazine or, or trends and styles that we see around the country and try to bring them to our events and uh and then like i said represent the, the brewers and the, and the and the wholesale as well yeah, and that, that's really what it comes down to. I think there's a key, and, and you're starting to see some other festivals popping up that are uh, very style-centric even, that are people doing, you know, whether it's IPAs or, or sour or bourbon barrel ones, or there's all these different other style things that are people getting into to just kind of, I guess, drive more focus into that specific area, but that kinda, I can see that becoming a nightmare for a lot of people trying to organize something like that, too, after a while. Well, yes, because uh, uh, certainly if, there's, if you think about it, if there's 100 guys that are trying to do a barrel-aged yeah. event in 100 markets in the country, the brewers are certainly going to get tired of fielding those calls because they don't have enough <laughs> product. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and at the end of the day, the, the, you know, the, the brewers, these, they're, they're small businesses, and, and generally 60 to 80% of their business is tied up in beers other than uh, barrel-aged or specific yeah. style. So uh, they still need to drive that, uh, that you know, story of what they're trying to accomplish and, and so none of, I imagine none of your listeners are looking for beer festival tickets on Groupon but I would sure say stay away from them <laughs> <laughs> well good sound advice <laughs> so one of the other things I wanted to mention like you you have a new beer editor who's actually a local guy came from our area Ken Weaver so how did that wind up meeting up the two of you and getting that organized uh, Ken's been a friend all about beer for a long time he credits our old publisher, Daniel Bradford, from uh, getting him into his writing career. Ken had, had a number of articles in All About Beer for the last few years. And uh, what we realized we wanted to do, uh, John Hall is our editor who oversees the content of our work. And he, John and I realized that we really wanted to change the focus of how we treat beer in the magazine, from how we curate it, talk about it, represent it, uh, the regions we talk about, um, uh, yeah, every, basically everything, how we, how we treat beer in the magazine. And Ken was the first person that came to mind. Um, he's so passionate. Uh, he's, the way he thinks about beer and, and data behind beer and the stories of the breweries, um, he thankfully worked out. We're glad he's part of it. And uh, he's some great stuff here with our latest issue and the, and the ones coming up on, uh, on a couple of new uh, sections on uh, beer reviews. Just always nice to see local boy done well. You know, the headline. That's right. <laughs> so as we're wrapping this up, let's get into what do you, to you. What would be your top five summer beers that you enjoy? I should say your top five beers that you enjoy in the summer. We'll put it that way instead of making it a seasonal thing. You got it. Um, well, I mentioned two of them already just because the nostalgic factor. Uh, Smutty Nose, Finest Kind, and um, the Wachusa Blueberry. Uh, Sierra Nevada, you can never go wrong with a summer fest. Um, I also really enjoy, there's a brewery down here in uh, Charlotte, Old Mecklenburg. Uh, their Captain Jack Builder is a spectacular builder. Um, and then, uh, let's see, rounding that out, um, gosh. Yeah, this, is the, this is the tough one, the last slot to fill. <laughs> you guys are really going to make me do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I am going to say, uh, I'm going to say Sam Summer, just because uh, I've been having it for such a long time, and, and it is so well made. Yeah, you just got to have the, you always have to have the classics in there no matter what. I feel like summer is the best time to really have the classics to fall back on as opposed to winter where you kind of want to get a little something 
uh, a little more warming, I guess. You kind of experiment right. more. But summer, it's like you want to have those just classic go-tos, whether I'm doing yard work or I'm sitting down watching a movie and relaxing for once. It's the, the same kind of thing can have the same effect for you. Exactly. exactly. You'll probably see in those choices I made, I usually am looking for something with a little bit of a hot dryness. Uh, but I will say, Wicked Weed, and just can't be, Wicked Weed, cucumber stays on when, uh, if you're in the Asheville area, pick up a small growler of it is, uh, uh, it's a very, very, very good example of that. Yeah, they're, they're a phenomenal brewery. I was happy we had them on because they're, they're just really a big up and coming brewery to me. I think it's going to, I mean, as they get through the growth spurts and the, the expansions and stuff like that, they're going to really start to get out there a lot more and really win yeah. a lot more people over because everybody in that area I know loves them. Yeah, yeah, and their facility's fantastic. They're great guys. So they will do well. I'll give you one one little sounding board area. Is there any upcoming events or anything going on for the magazine you want to plug? Well, thanks very much. We uh, we have two coming up. We're partnered with an event in uh, Richmond, Virginia, uh, July nineteenth, the uh, National Beer Expo, and then uh, our flagship beer festival, the World Beer Festival in Durham. Uh, further on down the road will be October tenth. We take over the Durham Bulls Athletic Park uh, for a weekend. We'll have a Friday night event and then Saturday all day and an evening session. So uh, thank you for uh, thank you for asking. Awesome. Yeah, no, not a problem. And, Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call. We're going to get back into drinking some more beers. It's a tough job, but, you know. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. But uh, be safe on your way back, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Great to speak with you. Thanks. You too, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Chris again. Another great chat with him. Uh, great guy. And just a lot to talk to you about all these things, too, because th- there's just so much in this style that... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still kind of figuring out this board. I... <laughs> so, all right. But uh, no, th- there's a lot with that, guys, as Chris was saying. There's a lot with when you're getting into summer. I mean, there's just so many variations and so many things that are going on in that, that it's not just a specific, like, you know, when we talk about IPAs or we talk about, you know, even in, in winter... A lot of winter seasonals kind of tend to be, you know, a stout or a pour. That's where you see a lot of breweries gravitate towards. In the summer, it's a huge variance of all different styles, and, and it's just there's so much to cover, and it's, it's kind of tough. Like, it was fun to hear him try to pin down five of them, too. I mean, <laughs> this guy has seen, like, everything for a yeah, long yeah. time. He, and he nailed to pin them off pretty good, yeah, too. I mean, was, that last one's always tough, but. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see when he got to five, if he was going to be confident. If it was going to be the confident five or the confident four, and then, oh, <laughs> I gotta figure out from these other thirty that are kicking around in my head, but no, I nailed it off. And, and Chris is always a great. I mean, all about beer magazines, a fantastic read. Um, you know, a few of our prior guests have been on. You know, they write from Garrett Oliver writes for them and has a lot of things. There's a lot of really cool things in that. It's a way to keep in touch with what's going on. As you said, you know, local boy done good. If Ken Weaver is their their beer editor and handling a lot of the different things in beer, and uh, you know, it's just nice to see that and that they're a really nationally well known magazine. So I thought it would be great to have him on for something like this because, you know, as we're going through summer they were, stuff. They were one of the first beer publications. Yeah. Like, you know, this is going back to the early 80s. Yeah, they, they were dedicated uh, I, to beer. It's if very you, impressive. If you actually, I should mention, too, if you want to hear more of the history, I, we have that show up on iTunes. You have to search back a bit. Um, but it was in the fall. I can't remember correctly. if it was in the fall or late summer. It, yeah. it was around that. But, I mean, you could find that on iTunes. You can go search through there and find our interview with him. And he really, at that that interview, we dove into a lot of the history and where his personal history and got where, into everything with the magazine. Where is it all going? What does yeah. it all mean sort of thing? And that's why I wanted to kind of keep this one. Because, I mean, well, who better to talk to you about summer? I mean, we're, we're just four schmucks sitting in a studio talking about <laughs> summer beer. But, yeah, we got another guy who, like, he's out there reaching a much larger, you know, people really into the magazine, been around for a long time. And he's been around this longer than some of us have been born so i mean maybe <laughs> maybe just me i don't know i'm the young guy i guess not by much well, i think not i got beat much. yeah you know, 33 oh, oh you're crush you oh 39 baby <laughs> well i'm close enough <laughs> <laughs> you're the young guy <laughs> i don't need my aarp card yeah all right on that note uh we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll finish off with a couple more fantastic beers for summer and uh you keep on drinking along it's a star-studded lineup on the 2015 Toyota Grandstand at the 160th Annual Bloomsburg Fair. Tickets are on sale now for the amazing voices of Forte. Country's Chase Rice with Cassidy Pope. Legendary rockers ZZ Top. Incredible Beatles tribute group Rain. And country favorites Josh Turner with Sarah Evans. Also on sale, tickets for the Freestyle Motocross Show, the Double Figure Eight and Demolition Derby Shows, and the Bull Bull Tractor and Truck Pulling Competition. Bloomsburg Fair Toyota Grandstand tickets available right now at 570-387-4145 or online at bloomsburgfair.com. 
The history of the BMW 3 Series isn't written in books. It's written on roads across America. The original sports sedan was born 40 years ago when BMW created a vehicle with an unrivaled combination of power and agility and named it the 3 Series. Since then, the 3 Series has outdriven the competition with features such as near-perfect 50-50 weight distribution and a twin-power turbo engine, allowing it to set the standard for the sports sedan again and again. Come experience what truly separates the original sports sedan from the rest when you take a test drive at the BMW 40 Years of an icon sales event. You'll also receive a $1,000 credit towards any 2015 3 Series. So head to your local BMW center for the BMW 40 Years of an Icon sales event today. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Wyoming Valley BMW Market Street Kingston is featuring a 2015 320i X-Drive lease for $289 per month for 36 months and get a $1,000 anniversary credit on any new 2015 3 Series. See dealer for details. Sample comes with a 90-day order. Copays and deductibles may apply. If you or someone you care for are using painful urinary catheters, Medical Direct Club can help. There's a new catheter that hurts less, and you can get a free sample with free shipping by calling now. Pain and urinary tract infections can be avoided if you're using urinary catheters. The new disposable catheters from Medical Direct Club hurt less due to an incredible new design that reduces pain by gliding easily and effortlessly. Old catheters can scrape and cut, causing pain and infection. These new catheters from Medical Direct Club are changing the lives of people who use urinary catheters. Medicare and your insurance will pay for up to 200 of these new catheters per month at little or no cost to you. Medical Direct Club handles all of the paperwork with your doctor and includes lifetime free shipping when you join. Membership and a free sample are free, so call Medical Direct Club now. 1-800-600-1127. That's 1-800-600-1127. End painful caffeine today. Call 1-800-600-1127. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try this Anzalone lager. It's delicious. <laughs> That's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone Special Beer. Change your habits. Change your world. <laughs> Anzalone Special Beer. Fish heads. Fish heads. Roly poly fish heads. Oh, nothing like fish heads that was in the a great summer. video on MTV. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So we're back. Uh, the one thing I want to mention too, we, we, while we were doing the interview, we had some of the uh, Heavy Seas, their Smooth Sail, which is another uh, American pale wheat ale, kind of similar to the Sam, Sam Adams Summer Ale, but just a little bit more of like some orange zest and a little bit of lemon. It was a little more citrusy, uh, but again, a really easy drinking, four and a half percent beer. But uh, we just cracked open the Harpoon Take 5. Now, this is a brand new beer from Harpoon. This is their first year-round. Like They're putting this out as a year-round release right off the bat, and it's their first brand new year-round in uh, four years. So, I mean, for a large brewery like Harpoon, that's saying something. They, they put a lot behind it. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to try a test batch of this as they are coming with it, and it was I could see where they are going, and they came out. And for 4.3%, you get a lot in this little thing. Yeah. Which is nice, and it's a very fresh. Like these are just from a brewery. These are like really fresh, but just really nice. This is going to start hitting the markets a lot. Like you know, they're immediately available up around Boston area, up in New England. But you're going to start to see these coming out a lot more now. But just a really 4.3 has a really solid mouthfeel to it, though, which is really nice. It's it's still balanced, but you get a ton of citrus and a ton of pine in that. Huge, huge yeah. hop profile for as low ABV as it is and 43 IBU. I mean, it's pretty gigantic. Yeah, and it's still balanced, too. That's the thing. It's like you, you can get some of these that are, you know, we've said before, like hop water. That's yeah. a huge amount of hops, but there's no malt presence. Like this still has a malt backbone to yeah, getting it. getting a little caramel or yeah. all the way in the end or whatever. It, so. it tastes a lot bigger than it is. That's, yeah. I mean, for a 4.3, like, that's the impressive thing to me. It's like, you, you see a lot of session, quote, quote, unquote, session IPAs that are 5%, which, you know, you see some regular IPAs that are still 5%. So, yeah. I mean, you're not really testing yourself that much, but when you're starting to really get down towards, like, a 4%, then you're really testing the skills of the brewery to maintain that balance and have that malt and hop profile still be there without outdoing one another. And that's why, I mean, I, I, I enjoy this. What are you thinking, Ed? Well, <clears throat> I'm not... Uh, All right, shut up, Ed. <laughs> I'm not completely sold on the Session IPA. Uh, uh, yeah. But... You know what? It's good. I mean, it's, it's very, what very good. What if I just told you, you this is an American Shut up. Natural <laughs> skeptic, Ed, no matter what, uh, right? What, what if I just said this is an IPA? It didn't say it was a session IPA. 
And it's kind of hard to take you back now. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's it's grapefruity, citrusy. It's it's really good. Um, it it's got some malt to it. It's definitely hop forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess if you didn't tell me it was a session IPA, um, I'd definitely buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, when, to see them coming out with something because most of the time when breweries will come out with a new beer, a lot of times they'll test it as being a seasonal beer that then they'll just kind of see how it does for that few month period of whatever as long as it's a, a well, pumpkin beer what would you think like, if somebody came out with a, a session Russian Imperial Stout well we kind of <laughs> had that we kind of had that oh, Hunter yeah, has st- that the, from Champion well also didn't Stone do Golden what's next oh, like the Golden yeah. Stout yeah that was they, the Golden Stout thing no, uh, when Hunter was on from Champion he did uh, it was called Black Me Stout he did. It was, a, it was a collaboration. I don't remember if you were here for that one or not. It was a collaboration one he did with a band against me. And it was basically what he wanted to do was get the taste profile of a Russian Imperial Stout without the high ABV because it was going to be sold at the shows. And he was just because the guy, I guess the guy from against me is like all into that style. He wanted that. And he just said, look, I'll do it. But I kind of don't think it's a good idea to have that sold at your shows because, like, you, you don't want to have people drinking, like, an 11%, 12% alcohol beer and, like, at a punk show where they notoriously pound beers. It's just a mosh pit to give a new oh, yeah. d- oh, slosh shit. Yeah. Like, like the slosh pit. That would be awful. I would be beyond giddy if I can get a flavor profile from a big stout or even barely stuff. If you can give me that in a uh, four or five, I'll see if I have any left because it was, it was good. It comes across, it came across as, like, a really nice Russian Imperial stout. But what he did was to be up the mouthfeel, he put a bunch of wheat into it. Yeah. And that's how he did it. He beefed up the mouthfeel with that, and it still has that flavor of a Russian Imperial Stout, but I think it was around like 6% or something yeah, like that. Yeah, when I have those huge beers that are up in the double digits, I, I want more, but you can't drink as much. You want to drink more, but you can't. And that's actually one of my favorite uh, breweries up in uh, Canada and uh, Montreal, Duda Ciel. They make a bunch of beers that taste huge, but they're like 4 and 5%. So it's like one of my favorite breweries because I can get that huge flavor profile without as much ABV. Yeah, and that that's really the key with a lot of that. And that's what you know. Some people complain about that, like like Ed was just saying, like, well, would, would you think if someone came out with that? Like, it's kind of a thing like some people don't really want to see, but it, that's the issue. The craft beer has kind of been up against for a while now. Is that you know it's a lot higher in ABV, and if you have friends that aren't drinking craft beer, you're, you're going to have a much shorter night than they are. Yeah, and it kind of you become that guy. It's like. Well, it's nine o'clock. I'm going home. <laughs> but it's not. It's just because, like, you know, you're not drinking something that's four percent all night. Like, and it's going to kind of get to you after a while. So, it's just wind up happening. And you see a lot of crap breweries. It's it's kind of one of those. Is the market asking for it, or are you kind of just saying try this and see? I think it's a mixture of both. I think because it's just experimentation on the brewers end to just see what they can do. And it's also, I think, the market is kind of asking I think for it, it. I think a lot of it is keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, oh, wait, they're doing that. Oh, wait, I think we have to do that. You know, it's it's just, I think that's probably like maybe half of it. And then the market places the other half of it. So, yeah, you definitely, there, there's, there's definitely a play with this. And that's what's interesting with the, the whole beer industry. It's like, it's very separate from a lot of other type of businesses as to, the influences and, and what, what's going on within each other and the choices made between them. So we just poured a bottle of uh, Deschutes Twilight Summer Ale. Uh, this is considered kind of a blonde ale, but a very, you know, more of a hoppy kind of blonde ale. I'm thinking it's more of a pale ale. That's it. it it's it's kind of pushed more as a, as a blonde, but it, it to me it comes across like that. Like it's kind of really nice. But it's got uh, Amarillo hops, but they come across as really nice oranges, like candied oranges a little bit, but not it's not overly sweet at all. It's still very crisp and very, very clean. Uh, just, you know, Deschutes really does a lot of great beers that are balanced. Like that's the key with a lot of their beers. And they definitely have this one. This is a very popular, I know, for their summer beer. This is a very popular summer-style beer that people go after. I thought I wanted to say something. Be <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is chuggable beyond chuggable, oh, yeah. Yeah. like, all day. This is definitely one you can kind of get some stuff. And it's only 5%, too. I have to say, so far, it's my favorite today. Oh. Yeah. But this is definitely one that, that you know, as I agree it's you. it's come out more and more. Like The, the more I've had this one, too, it kind of... It really has a lot of different things going on that you can key in on. It's not overly complex, but you know you can you can focus on the hops, you can focus on the malt a little bit. That balance that's there, the the crispness, the the dry finish, the mouth feel is fairly full for five percent. There's like a lot of things that are really nice, like that 
really wonderful carbonation too, but it doesn't come across as uh, you know champagne like some beers can be like mm-hmm. overly. Car- but it's got some really good carbonation in there, and it's just this. And this is also a great beer to have too. With you know, if you're doing a backyard barbecue, I mean, this is like one of the best ones you could have. Oh, yeah. It's quaffable. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely like a supplemental beer for people who um, like into your American adjunct lagers or whatever you want to call yeah. it. And like this is what you would give them as the gateway. Yeah, and then that's what's nice is like there's enough in this beer for the uh, nerdiest of craft beer nerds, but also it's approachable enough for someone that maybe not that doesn't understand all the the subtle nuances that are going on. (laughs) But there's enough in there that doesn't put them off, because that's the problem, is some beers will put people off. Yeah, if this beer puts you off, then... I don't know. The col- <laughs> you know, anything puts you off. Yeah, because you, you see that. At, and I'm sure you just see it at the bar. Drink it. <laughs> yeah. Just shut I, up and drink I, it. I'm sure you see it at the oh, bar. Like people yeah. are saying, oh, here, you, you know, try this. Like trying to get a friend into something, and they'll take it. Like, oh, here, try uh, Stone Ruination. You, you'll, you'll well, like you it. Know, like, no, you love that one. You know what I get? I get really, I get, I get great satisfaction in, in for, like, for years, forcing, oh, I just drink lager. I just, I just drink lager. There's a, there's a customer that came in, you know. For years, I tried to get him into. <laughs> then, then, just last week, saw he had a Dale's Pale Ale. He he was he was drinking some trogues. Like I'm like, dude, you're converted. <laughs> you know, we got you converted. <laughs> you it was so great. Gotcha. <laughs> that are the best is uh, converted a couple of friends and you know the friends that make you know be like kind of make funny. Oh, you and your yeah. your glass yeah. of beer. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, they're doing the same thing. Be like, hey, buddy. <laughs> And what you doing uh-huh. there? How's uh-huh. that glass treating you? What's well, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like we've we've said it on here before. And you see it a lot of places. And like once you really get into craft beer, it's kind of something like you you can't go back because like once your taste buds get into all the different things that could and should be in beer, it, it's once you go craft, you never go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of people are put off by the pretentious snobbery. Yeah, and that's the one thing know, I can't say. Just, you can't do it. You can't tell someone. You're never going to get someone. Like, all right, just think of even like a drink band. Drink this because it's so cool. Yeah, well, even if it's like a favorite yeah. band, like you're not going to get someone to, to like a sort of kind of a kind of music by saying, oh, that band that you love, they suck, but you should listen to this band. Like, no, that that's yeah. not going to win anybody over. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the problem you see with a lot of people trying to get people into craft beer. It's, it's like love or hate. Yeah, it's just like they'll tell you, you know, if someone's in there drinking the macro beer, then you come, someone coming up and saying, oh, that sucks. You should drink this. Like, well, that's not going to – you're not winning any friends. You're not winning anybody over, and now you're just that jerk at a bar. Yeah. You're not yeah. the guy that introduced them to craft beer. You're a jerk. <laughs> and that's well, – well, just to be just to be so absolute over something that's so objective, whether it be mm-hmm. good or bad or indifferent of anything, you know what I mean, style-wise yeah. or big or small or whatever, you can't be like it's opinion, not fact. Yeah, and it's all and every one of us like like different beers like our to have different go-to beers that we enjoy to have in the fridge and things. So to say you know that beer sucks, like well, someone might walk into our fridge and say what we have sucks that they don't like that that are in. So it's 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 all opinion, and that's really what it is, but. Beer should be flavorful, and that's what we want people to understand with yeah. everything. Is like that's the important thing with it. Different, like, different what, strokes. For whatever different it folks. is, it's a, it should be a flavorful thing that you enjoy. Yeah, and that's it. I'd be the first person to say a beer sucks, but I'd be like, it's. Uh, I think it sucks for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. You may yeah. like it, and that's great if you love it. Just not for me. And uh, instead of going no. Nah, that sucks. Mm. Yeah, never walk up to someone. Your first words be "that's awful" or anything negative. That should not be your first approach. Unless they have a nickel bag. That, I mean, that's just that. <laughs> and then you're allowed to say that. Yeah, that that's is the true. only. I mean, that's just a general life approach. This week's show brought to you yeah. by the new nickel bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we just uh, we poured. We're, we're ending with. Uh, this is not a seasonal, but this is a year-round release from Brooklyn. This is their Sriracha A saison. Very well-known beer. Uh, they just started releasing it in the past couple of months in 12-ounce bottles. It was only in the 750-milliliter bottles, the corked and cage for years, and just built up a solid reputation, really, really sought after. Great Saison. It's it's really interesting because it uses the Sriracha Ace Hop, which is a Japanese hop. So I was going to ask you. What? That's what I was going to ask if yeah, it was named after. It, it's it's <laughs> named right after the hop, and it's, and it's an interesting thing because rumor has it that basically the Sriracha Ace Hop was going the way of the dinosaurs until Brooklyn got involved with this and, and kind of re-brought it back into the forefront with everything. You, you think of like, all right, so let's going to frame a hoppy beer like or a hop around a Saison. Yeah. 
you know, that's not like the style you would think. Like we're gonna try especially to build a hop, th- around, especially you know? this hop, because this hop is it's grassy. It, there's a lot of lemongrass. You get dill out of it. Yeah, like you get the, all these really interesting earthy flavors from it. Yeah, it's it's an odd. Well, that's the thing with saison. Saisons are kind of like going like I don't know what you'd say um, out of style. Like saisons are so out there as far as what people are doing with them now. It almost it's like a because um, your base saison is usually going to be four or five percent, but you're yeah. getting up seven, eight, nine. You see ten percent saisons. They're not really saisons now. They're just more like taking a base beer and then what you put in it. I think saisons are like tofu. It's like what you put in it kind <laughs> yeah. of brings it. it yeah. You're presenting a flavor through a specific kind of beer. Yeah. So then that's what I think this works for that because it, it showcases yeah. the hop. And it's also one of those styles historically that it never had. Because if you look at a style guideline for a Saison, it's pretty open-ended mm-hmm. because the style itself historically was whatever they had on the farm yeah. went into it. Whether it was a wheat base, whether it was a Pilsner base, it didn't matter. It was whatever was there. So it's kind of always uh, had that reputation amongst brewers as being a great style to experiment with. Mm. So that's where you saw a lot of them go with it. And uh, you know that, that's what this basically came out as, is like a really interesting experiment with the Saison. And it just really took off for them and became a really, really popular beer. Enough so, I mean, they have a, a lot of great, like Brooklyn has a number of great Court and Cage bottles of just really great beers, like their local one, too. All these, and Sriracha Ace is right up there. And it got so popular to the point where they started putting it in 12-ounce bottles yeah. and have it available year-round. Because I think it, initially, I think it was a, a Saison, or a, yeah, a seasonal as well when they first released it and it just really took off for them and they've just continued to build upon that and it's just really really now hitting the ground running a lot more let's take bets and see how long it takes for somebody to come up with an IP Saison <laughs> I'm sure someone already has yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have no doubt of, of that an whatsoever IPS <laughs> IPS <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's probably why they won't come out with that <laughs> right off the bat there you go yes I'll take a glass of your finest IBS what, what? <laughs> Poop Someone, on you. <laughs> someone's gone. <laughs> but no, that, that's this is another great one. And the Saison style is perfect for summer, and that's what it was traditionally brewed for as well. Um, we talked about that on our Saison show. That was historically what it was brewed for, that it was made for workers in the field. It was a very low ABV. And this is 7.2. So this is the the big boy of the day, which is kind of saying a lot because usually our big boys. The limits. Of, yeah, I mean, usually our big boys of the day are like 21%. So. So you can see where summer beers are. They're a lot lower, a lot more sessionable, very easy drinking, and that's what that is. And there, there's so many. I mean, we could spend the entire summer doing six, seven beers each show of summer seasonals and not have covered even a tenth of what's out there. So this is just kind of a gambit of a lot of different styles to go through that, that are typically what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of wheat-based beers. You're going to see some Berliner Weisses, some tartness, and some pale ale type Try stuff. Kolsch. Yeah, a Kolsch, a Saison. A lot of these are just really great, great summer beers, and that's what you want to have. And uh, speaking of great beers to have, uh, next week we are going to have Two Roads Brewing Company on from Connecticut, a really phenomenal, phenomenal brewery, and uh, I just got the lineup of what we're going to have. And I'm sorry, Billy's not going to be here. He's going to miss that. And uh, he's gonna I want to be, like, twirling with Wookiees. Yeah, he's, he's going to have a lot. <laughs> Billy's not even going to be on the planet anymore at this point. <laughs> yeah, blast off. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have brewmaster Phil Markowski on, uh, who's also an author and wrote some really great books. So you might know him from that as well. But uh, a really solid brewery, and it's great to have them on. And then we have a lot of great stuff coming up in the summer. As I said during the interview with Chris, the week after Two Roads, we're going to have Sully back on from 21st Amendment. It was always a good time. And their brewery just opened, the new one that uh, they've been doing. They, they just got the, the opening of it the now. The campus. And yeah. So it'll be really cool to see where, where he's at. Because, I mean, the last time was the uh, utmost stressful most point of everything and he was he, he actually had great levity about it yeah he actually begged everyone to come so he can pay off his credit card debt <laughs> well, so, we'll talk to you next week everybody and uh, enjoy it and uh cheers